Welcome to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Russell. In this podcast, we'll talk about how data and analytics are transforming the forest products industry. We'll share how a research-based approach to analytics can empower your forestry organization to make better decisions with your data. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast, and I should say, Happy Pi Day. Uh, it's actually a few days before Pi Day, March 14th, as I record this, um, but I thought it'd be a useful time to talk about Pi graphs. And so the reason I like to do that is because uh, a lot of people have bad things to say about why or why not to use Pi graphs. Um, and I had put together some data and I've done some surveys and some uh, short assessments to students uh, that have asked them uh, to try to interpret pie graphs. Uh, and so this podcast will talk about um, we'll talk about pie graphs and those uh, little assessments I've done with students to try to understand just how pie graphs are potentially misleading or um, why we may choose other ways to visualize data other than pie graphs. And so I do have a post on this I wrote uh, last year at this time, and I'll be sure to link to, link to that in the notes uh, so that you can see some of the visualizations of this. And some of this may be a little bit difficult to explain in um, in audio form. Um, some of the, especially when we get to the questions that I ask students, uh, you might want to be able to see those as they were presented to students to interpret the different pie graphs. Uh, but anyway, uh, there's a quote by Edward Tuft. Edward Tuft is a uh, person that did a lot in terms of uh, science and visualization of data and statistics. And so really uh, someone that did a lot of exploratory data analysis. Um, and he says, the only thing worse than a pie chart is several of them. And so that's a pretty uh, rough uh, go and a, a tough thing to say about pie charts. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll explain a bit more about what he said, what he means by that quote. And so obviously pie graphs and pie charts are really easy to make. Uh, if you use software like Microsoft Excel, um, you can just highlight your data, click up onto one of the little chart things that looks like a pie, click it, and it might turn into a pie chart. Um, and so pie charts are really easy to make in some common software that we make. Um, I learned over time, uh, you know, going back to my college days when I first started taking some statistics courses, that pie graphs were bad. Um, and I didn't really quite know why, but there's some great research out there that actually quantified this. And so there's a series of papers from 1984 and 1985 by Cleveland and McGill that effectively showed which types of grass are best to produce and which ones to avoid. Um, and so I would really encourage you to have a look at those papers and I'll link to those as well in the notes uh, that really try to quantify this. And what they say is that pie graphs are, are obviously good for things like displaying categorical data. And so you might imagine a pie graph of how do I spend my day? You know, I sleep for eight hours. I work for eight hours. I cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner for so many hours. I spend leisure time for so many hours. So those categorical data are really well represented by a pie graph. Um, and so the pie graph, the slices of that pie are sized by either the counts or percents for the different categories. 
However, what Cleveland and McGill show is that pie graphs are ineffective because the human eye does a poor job in judging angles. And so when you think about it also, the eye is pretty bad at judging color in pie graphs, uh, especially when you have a pie graph with different shades of the same color. All the colors are blue, but just different variations of dark to light. Um, and so instead, Cleveland and McGill say that the, the human eye does a good job of discerning position and lengths of objects. And so we might want to develop visualizations that emphasize the position and the length of objects. And so I, I had read these papers and uh, kind of was convinced that uh, pie graphs were things to avoid. But uh, one of the things that many instructors have to their advantage is students to use as uh, samples. Uh, and so what I've done, uh, I, I teach a graduate class in statistics, uh, statistics for agriculture and natural resource students. Um, and so I kind of use all of these students over the course of several years uh, to ask them and to quantify how bad judging angles is and how bad pie graphs are. Uh, and so in total, I've collected data from 114 students. That was over a five-year span. Uh, and I tested what I call in their, what I tested is their graphical perception. Uh, and so tried to understand how they interpret different types of visualizations. And so how it worked for the student was either in person, uh, in the classroom, or online. Uh, what they looked at was a screen, a PowerPoint with my slides. And I show them a series of graphs. And then they enter their responses into a form. Uh, and I got access to that data. And then I, and I revealed that to them, the data in the class. And so I asked the students three questions. And they were asked to kind of interpret each question and interpret the size of something relative to something else. And so, for example, the first question they saw on the screen asked about positions along a common scale. Um, and so obviously, uh, if you look, uh, imagine kind of if any of you have been to a state fair or a county fair uh, where you have the little um, gadgets kind of running across, you know, you're sitting down and you're whacking the, uh, the thing and the, and the gadgets run across the, the thing uh, and you want to see who wins. Whoever hits the thing hardest gets all the way over to the right. Um, and so that was basically what question one was. It was positions along a common scale. And so they saw three values and they wanted to relate those to how far they differed from the full value or the value at 100%. And so, for example, if they saw one of them that was half of the value of A, they would enter 50%. And so that was kind of asking about a position along a common scale. Well, then the question started to become more difficult. The second question I asked students was about perceiving the length and the area of an object. And so again, it was kind of think about a series of small rectangles and they had to estimate the area of those relative to a reference rectangle. And so again, it's kind of uh, thinking about, it's still kind of position and size, but thinking about the area of them uh, rather than their, their length across a, a common scale. And then finally, the third question was about judging the size of angles. And so this is the one that revealed some of the, um, uh, the worst things about, uh, about pie graphs. And so what I did was I created a series of uh, basically three random angles 
uh, and they all chose that relative to a reference angle. And so there was one angle that was uh, a pretty sharp angle, um, one that was kind of in the middle, and then one that was quite sharp, about like a 10 degree angle. Um, and so they would try to estimate relative to question uh, or to the, to the reference angle, what was the per percentage um, relative to that angle that they saw. And so for their answer, um, for the first question, position along a common scale, students actually overpredicted uh, the values of, of some of them by 5%. Um, and so still, uh, or within plus or minus 5%, uh, students did a pretty good job of assessing the position of a value along a common scale. When we looked at the second question, when we looked at the length or the area of those different rectangles, on average, students underpredicted every value by up to 7%. Um, and so overpredicting common scale, underpredicting the length or the area of, uh, of, of something. And then when we looked at question three, the question about angles, on average, students overpredicted every value up to 8%. Um, and so you could kind of tell in the classroom that students were, uh, when they got to question three about angles, they were really kind of staring at the screen and trying to figure it out. Um, the reference angle that I actually chose for them was not, it looked a lot like a 90 degree angle, but it was actually an 80 degree angle. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily oriented with the horizontal axis. So you couldn't really tell that it was less than a 90 degree angle. Um, and so what I do in the, in the post is that I summarize the responses from these 114 students. And what you can see is that uh, for each question, um, it increasingly gets more uh, different. Uh, that is, it gets more, uh, people are less accurate as you do angles and try to judge the angles relative to some of the other easier things like the position and the length and the area kinds of attributes of uh, data visualization. And so it's an interesting approach um, that really highlights some of the differences that people see uh, when they try to judge angles and hence why we use uh, or shouldn't use pie charts. Um, again, the pie charts, uh, they don't do a great job because as humans, we have a poor, poor way of judging angles. And so it's oftentimes difficult to discern what values you're looking at within a pie graph. Pie graphs often also contain color, and the human eye doesn't do a really great job in discerning those different colors. Um, and obviously, in, uh, in many fields, many people, uh, men are more likely to be colorblind than, than other individuals, in particular older men. Uh, and so it's important to think about that as you're developing your visualizations. Um, and so if we go back to those papers by Cleveland and McGill, uh, they really recommend creating graphs that are more simple, that exploit the aspects of visualization that are more easy to interpret. Uh, and so those are things like the position along a common scale, um, other things that have the same axis, things like length um, are ones that really should be highlighted and really should be preferred over things like angles um, and other uh, more intricate uh, ways to visualize data. So the summary is that uh, kind of focus on those easier, more simple um, ways to visualize data, and then that can help you to improve your uh, data visualization skills. And so again, uh, hopefully that this uh, short little 
podcasts on pie charts can maybe be your way of celebrating Pi Day or maybe not celebrating Pi Day. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. For more information on how data and analytics can empower your organization, visit arbor-analytics.com.